Chapter forty nine of Agnes Sorrel by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter forty nine. For Jean Charost, a period of lethargy, I may almost call it, succeeded the scene last described. A dull, idle, heavy dream, a torpor of the spirit as well as of the body. It is not the man of many emotions who has the deepest, it is he who has the power, either from temperament or force of character to resist them his spirit has not been worn by them his heart has not been soiled by them and when at length they seize upon him and conquer him they have something to grasp it was thus with him in early life he had never known love the circumstances in which he had been placed the constant occupation the frequent moving from place to place and the absence of any of those little incidents which plant and nourish passion had left his life without the record of anything more than a mere passing inclination. But when love seized upon him, it took possession of him entirely, filled him for a few days with hope and joy, and now plunged him into that spiritless lethargy. The events which were passing around him in France came upon him as a vision. Like the ancient prophet he saw things in a trance, but having his eyes open, and they must be pictured to the reader in the same way that they appeared to him. A large, fine city on a beautiful river is besieged by a numerous army. Its fortifications are old and insufficient, the troops within it scanty, and preparations small. The cannon thunder upon it, mines explode beneath its walls, the enemy march to its assault, but they are driven back, and Orléans remains untaken there is a bridge the key as it were to the city it is attacked defended attacked again an old castle seems its only protection the castle is attacked and taken by the enemy and a man of magnificent presence calm and grave and gentle mounts the highest tower therein to direct his soldiery against the city suddenly the stone ball of a large cannon strikes the window at which he stands and Salisbury is carried away to die a few hours after of his wounds. The city still holds out. The attacks have diminished in fierceness, but round about the devoted place, the English lines are drawn on every side, pressing it closer and closer, till famine begins to reign within the walls. There is a battle in the open fields, some miles from the besieged place. Wagons and tumbrils are in the midst, and gallant men, with the lily banner over them, fight bravely but fight in vain they fly at length they fly the bravest hearts in france turn from the fatal field and all is rout and slaughter and defeat surely surely orleans must fall and all the open country beyond the loire submit to the invader let us turn away our eyes from this scene to another the king's council has assembled at chinon the news of the defeat has reached them hope courage constancy are lost they advise the monarch to abandon orleans to its fate to abandon berry and touraine and make his last struggle in the mountains of auvergne the counsels of despair had been spoken nor is it wonderful that a young man fond of pleasure ruled by favourites weary of strife contention and cabal should listen to them with a longing for repose and tranquillity and enjoyment Oh, how often is it, in this working-day world of ours, that the most active, the most energetic, the most enduring, 
thirsts with a burning thirst such as the wanderer of the desert hardly knows for the cool refreshment of a little peace he stands in his own cabinet not quite alone for there is a beautiful figure kneeling at his feet she raises her eyes to his face with looks of love and tenderness yet full of energy and fire never never my charles she says never my king and master oh never let it be said that france's king embraced the counsels of fear rather than of courage fled without need turned from his enemy before he was defeated it is god's will that gives the victory but it is for you to struggle for it what if the courage of the people of orleans faint what if a battle is lost what if the english pass the loire all this is true or will be true within a month my agnes replied the king in a tone of deep despondency i cannot prevent it suppose it happened what can i do then mount your horse set your lance in rest give your standard to the wind call france around you march against the enemy fight fight and if need be die i will go with you die with you if it must be so there is nothing for me but you and france on earth god pardon us that it is so but i have given and you have taken from me all else charles shook his head mournfully and agnes rose slowly from her knees and drew a step back then pardon me my lord she said if i retire from your royal court to that of his highness the duke of bedford it was predicted to me long ago by a learned astrologer that i should belong to the greatest prince of my time i fondly fancied i had found him but i must have been mistaken and she retired still further as if to quit the room stay agnes stay cried charles stay if you love me agnes sprang back again and cast her arms around his neck love you she cried god knows i love you but too well and though our love has humbled debased and dishonoured me if it is to last it must raise and elevate and animate you for my sake charles if not for your own cast the base thoughts which others have suggested far away take the nobler part with which your heart would prompt dare all encounter all and save france yourself and agnes for be sure i will never outlive the freedom of my country there is many a noble heart yet beating in our france there is many a strong arm yet ready to strike for her and it needs but the appearance of the king in the field and proofs of strong determination upon his part to quell the factions which distract the land and gather every noble spirit round his king whatever your love may have done to injure me oh let my love for you lead you to safety honour and renown well be it so cried charles infected by her enthusiasm i swear by all i hold most sacred i will not go back before the enemy let him cross the loire let orleans fall let every traitor leave me let every faint heart counsel flight i will meet him in the field peril all on one last blow free france or die let us back to the besieged city again gaunt famine is walking in the streets eager-faced men and hollow-eyed women are seen prowling about and vainly seeking food closer closer draw the lines about the place the bridge is broken down as a last resource but the enemy's cannon thunders still and the hands are feeble that point those upon the wall 
suddenly there is a cry that help is coming that food is on the way food and an army to force an entrance there is a feeble flash of joy and hope but it soon goes out men ask who is it leads the host who brings the promised succour a woman a young girl of seventeen years of age some say a saint and some a fool and many weep with bitter disappointment nevertheless on the day named the ramparts are crowded people go up to the towers and to the belfries what do they see a fleet of boats coming up the river an army marching up the bank lances and banners pennons and bright arms are there enough but still the hearts of the inhabitants though beating with interest and expectation hardly give place to hope they have seen french armies as bright and gay fly before those hardy islanders who are now marching out of their lines to attack the escorting force they have seen succour as near them intercepted on the way but right onward toward them moves a host of france quicker quicker at the march at the trot at the gallop band mingles with band spear crosses spear the flag of france advances still the boats sweep on and reach the city and shouts of joy ring through the air shouts but not shouts so loud nor warm nor triumphant as those which greet that young girl as she rides through the streets of the city she has succoured but she was not content to succour she came to deliver and forth she goes again to plant her banner between the walls and the besieging lines and there she sleeps lulled by the roar of the artillery again the maid of arc is in the field again the standard of france is in her hand and on she bears it from success to success the enemy's forts are taken the lines swept the castle of the bridge recaptured orleans delivered and her name united with it in everlasting memory joy hope confidence returned to france and men's hearts were opened to each other which had long been closed Gergeau, beaugency and many another small town was taken and across a country delivered from his enemies the king of france marched on to take his crown at rheims chapter forty nine